Hi, everybody. Welcome to Superhuman with Dr. V and Jason Phelps. I am all alone in the studio. Well, Carlos is here with me. <laughs> uh, Jason is off uh, this week and we'll be back next week. Uh, really exciting show today, guys. Um, have a good friend of mine, Dr. Jamie Seaman, on as our guest. Uh, she's an OB-GYN. Uh, and she hosts her own show, uh, Dr. Fit and Fabulous. Uh, she recently competed, and I really want to talk to her about this because we watched it, and it was awesome. Uh, she recently competed on this season's Titan Games with uh, The Rock and did awesome. And uh, just really wanted to talk to her today about women's health and wellness, um, the dietary and, and exercise and activity approach she uses, um, you know, with her patients, with her female patients, she's not your typical uh, doc, um, and you'll you'll kind of see that. But we just want to kind of go over a whole bunch of questions with her. So, Doctor uh, Jamie, you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Hey, there you. Awesome. We made it. I was. We're here. I was stressed. I was running around. I, I had a had a surgery this morning, then ran back and saw patients at the clinic, and then it was, we were you know texting back and forth, and was you know glad you got to. Uh, get through your crazy clinic and uh, yeah, make it, it on. Yeah, sounds like my day too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, this is our time to kind of just relax and have a conversation. Um, you know, um, we really, you know, resonate as far as our belief systems of, you know, I, I personally believe, you know, food, number one, food is medicine, period. Um, I don't care what medications we give patients um, you, you know, they're, they're definitely obviously indicated, right? But it doesn't matter what medications we put somebody on if their diet's terrible, they're eating a ton of sugar, you know, they're, they're, they're not ha having regular exercise or activity, they sleep terrible, um, you know, so, so real quick, uh, just tell everybody kind of about your practice, where you're at, um, a little bit about your show, um, and, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. So yes. I am a board certified obstetrician and gynecologist and I'm in private practice. So I practice in Omaha, Nebraska, Mid-City OBGYN, and we see patients at two locations. So that's my, that's my full-time job. I'm in clinic four days a week and, but do surgery and deliver babies really 365 days a year because mm -hmm. we deliver our own patients. But I um, am also finishing my fellowship in integrative medicine. Awesome. And before I ever became a doctor, I was the collegiate athlete. I played softball for the Cornhuskers. So go Big Red awesome. if there's any Husker fans out there listening. Um, but when I was at the university, I got a degree in nutrition and exercise science. So when I went to medical school, my background was much different than a lot of my colleagues who you know, studied biochemistry and a lot of the, the more basic sciences. And so, you know, I left medical school and I had had my first daughter. I had my first pregnancy in medical school. And then I had my, my second two daughters in residency. So I have three daughters are very soon to be turning five, seven and nine. And after medical school and residency, my health kind of caught up with me and I ended up being diagnosed with prediabetes and hypothyroidism. I failed all my glucose testing and all my pregnancies. I was like everything that I would <laughs> tell my patients to not be. But from the outside, if anybody would look at me from the outside, I mean, I, I looked athletic. I didn't really look unhealthy. I was not obese. So I think it, you know, I was kind of 
really a testament to you don't know what's going on inside your body unless you test, mm -hmm. unless you find out. Can't and so here I was, I almost just kind of felt like an imposter. I had all these mm -hmm. reversible, you know, preventable health conditions. And um, I had a huge tragedy that happened in my life. I lost one of my best friends. And about five years ago, I really just set out kind of on a personal journey to fix my own health. And I ad ended up adopting a low carb ketogenic diet. And it really started to change the way I looked at my medical practice. You know, I'm like, I think we have this wrong. You know, I had a nutrition <laughs> degree. I, I understood nutrition a lot more. And um, I just started to look at the data and look at the literature. And I'm like, I don't think we're doing any of these patients, you know, a service here. I, I think that we could change so many things with, with lifestyle and diet and exercise and sleep and all the things that you mentioned, you know, when we started today. And I kind of call those things the five pillars of health, which mm -hmm. are nutrition, exercise, sleep, stress, and environment. Mm -hmm. And um, I've completely revamped the way I practice medicine. Um, it's a much more functional preventative approach, which is also unique being an OBGYN. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, I've never looked back. My, my life and my health is in the, the best place that's really ever been. Awesome. As evidenced by you being on the Titan Games <laughs> this season. <laughs> so, so real quick, yes. how, how, what was that like? It was incredible. So the story goes, uh, I was in the operating room last year and a scrub technician said, I think you should go on that Titan game show. And I had no clue what she was talking about. It was season one premiered last year mm -hmm. and I had to go look it up online. And I thought this looks like American gladiators uh -huh. from when I was a you know young girl. I'm like, that looks pretty badass. So I looked up what it, what it took to apply for the show. You had to make a video and, and do a couple physical tasks kind of in real time. And, I really started to have self-doubt. I mean, it had been 13 years since I had competed in college and I had really only been back in the gym lifting weights for about a, about a year, year and a half at that point. And I was like, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. But I kind of was following the show. And when I, the rock put out a video looking for contestants for season two, it was just like nine away at my brain. Like, you've got to try this. Like what? If you don't make it, nobody will know. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up submitting an application and fast forward a couple months later, um, around Christmas time, I found out I was invited out to a combine. So you actually have to physically go try out in front of the rock and his team and NBC executives. And, you know, they invite like a hundred people out to Los Angeles and they told us they were only going to pick 18 men and 18 women. So you're totally humbled when you get there because these people are like, the best of the best. I mean, they're all strong. They're all fast. They all have these amazing stories and they come from all walks of life and all professions. And I found out a couple of days after the combine, I was selected to be on the show. So things kind of happened in rapid succession. A lot of people are like, how did you train? I'm like, yeah. well, I don't know. How would you train if you had two weeks notice? Uh -huh. um, and these challenges that they put you through, I mean, these are not real everyday things. Yeah. So I just like, I don't know how, I mean, you basically have to just be an all around mm -hmm. athlete. I mean, you yeah. can't be just strong. You can't be just fast. You got to be everything. So, uh, we went out to filming. I uh, lived in a hotel room for 26 days wow. while I had to leave my medical practice, uproot my children, pull them out of school. It was, um, but it was, it was worth it. I mean, I guess when the rock says, do you want to come compete on Titan yeah. games? There's, there's only one answer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so what, what specifically did you, I mean, I, I know you said you'd, you know, you got asked that question, but did you do any kind of specific functional fitness training or, or was it just your overall, you know, general fitness at that time that you brought in? Yeah, or? so 
how I normally train is I do resistance training, you know, a couple times a week. And then I do high intensity interval training. Like I don't do cardio. I basically do hit and, and weights and, you know, applying for the show. Obviously I knew there was a chance, you know, that I could be on it. And so I just watching season one, I knew they had to like, you know, pull heavy things across the ground. So I started doing more sled work um, and, you know, sled sprints. Um, I did a lot of sledgehammer work because I knew they made them crack things open with sledgehammers. What I did not anticipate is they really changed it this year a lot. There was a lot more climbing um, in this year's events, a little more kind of, I don't know what I would call like Ninja Warrior flair mm -hmm. <laughs> to some of the events, um, which I don't think any of us really anticipated. And they, you know, changed Mount Olympus. So it was kind of hard to anticipate. But then once I found out I was like really on the show, um, you know, being only two weeks out, you're thinking, okay, like don't get injured. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta be prepared and, and rest appropriately as well going into these competitions. So it was kind of hard really you know, juggling it all. And meanwhile, I was still working a full-time job and had yeah. three kids and, and, you know, this side business. So it was, uh, it was quite Yeah, my, my kids had originally told me watching season one, we watched it all together and they said, you should do that, dad. You should do it. Well, I was right in the middle of my doctorate program. I was right in the middle of the second year and, and finishing out all the research and compiling all the data and working with a statistician and doing all that. So, you know, my, my, um, you know, my, my doctorate in, you know, ended up being on, um, ketogenic diet as first line therapy for type two diabetes. Um, I'm getting a ton of these patients about one in, you know, about 50% of the patients coming in to see me over 40, they all have some type of prediabetes, some type of insulin resistance, some type of, or, or full blown type two diabetes. Um, in your practice, I'm, I'm super excited to hear because I mean, that's, I think that to treat chronic disease the way we know it, because everything's chronic now, right? Medicine is still on an acute care model, right? So surgically, you'll appreciate that. So surgical, uh, it scratches my itch for see a problem, fix it, right? But medic medicine is still based on that acute care model. In other words, let's give it a name, give it a drug, give it a name, give it a drug. And, and just like you, uh, people like Dr. Jason Fung, you know, all these people that, that they see, hey, my patients aren't getting better. Like myself, our patients aren't getting better. They they just continue to have high blood pressure. They continue to have, because we don't treat the root cause. So I'm really excited to hear that you're going to be doing a functional medicine approach, I think, to really tackle um, chronic disease moving forward and the uh, enormous um, fiscal issue that it's going to cause in our country. We have to approach it from a root cause and, and you know, root cause approach. Um, now, specifically, I believe food is medicine, period. Uh, everything begins and ends with the food. And if we don't put good fuel in the body, that's a starting point for mental health, for performance, for, for everything. Now, what, as far as on your, you know, you mentioned the ketogenic diet and you had done that for yourself. Now, what do you do specifically? Do you a patient comes in, say an initial consult, do you talk to them immediately about what, what is your approach when they come in? Do you yeah, talk to them so about you diet? Bring up, you know, just some, yeah, great points because our, our medical system, you're, you're right. It's designed for, you know, pathology, identify the pathology and here's a medicine that can fix it. And mm -hmm. it's not set up, um, you know, clinically to even, 
you know, have the time. I mean, the time it the takes time. to educate patients and to talk about them. I mean, if I want to keep, I'm in private practice, you know, I want to keep these doors open. Mm -hmm. Like I, I got to see a certain number of patients per day. And I mean, that's just the, that's, that's just the business of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the unfortunate part is, is medicine is a business as well. Um, so the way that, the way that I treat patients is, and I'm lucky because I get to treat women at a younger age than most, you know, primary care docs are seeing these people when they're already, you know, they already have type two diabetes. I mean, what I'm, what I'm seeing in my practice, what I like to call like pre, pre diabetes, you know, patients come in, I talk to them about their diet, what are their problems? And then we check labs, we check their fasting insulin and see peptide and glucose. And I'm able to identify a lot of patients who have early signs of hyperinsulinemia um, because these are important things to know for a woman that's about to go into a pregnancy. These are things I wish I would have known, you know, mm -hmm. going into a pregnancy because pregnancy is one of the greatest physiologic tests of a woman's, you know, body. And if you are going to have, you know, diabetes or high blood pressure, a lot of times these problems are going to pop up in your pregnancy. And so we try to identify them before a woman gets pregnant because the ability to impact health long-term, uh, you know, when you look at epigenetic influences and some of the studies on uh, nutrition in pregnancy, I mean, I have, you know, pretty profound impact if I can, if I can change that before these women get pregnant and, and, you know, have the babies and then develop type two diabetes. So I, I just feel, you know, super privileged to be taking care of these younger women and making an impact mm -hmm. earlier in their lives. Um, but yes, every single one of my patients, you know, whether it's a new consult or whether it's an annual exam, I say, you know, tell me what your diet's like. Tell me what you ate in the last 24 hours. You know, what type of movement do you do? How do you sleep? What time do you go to sleep? How many hours do you get? Um, you know, we look at stressors in their life. What's their job like? What's their marriage like? You know, all of these things have an impact on their hormones, on the way their circadian rhythm works, you know, what they're putting in their body. It's, it really is totally an underutilized, you know, piece of the puzzle in medicine. Absolutely. You know, and that was my fear um, initially starting my practice because I, I, you know, do I go regular insurance model where I see 15, you know, have 15, 20 minutes to spend with a patient initially? Yeah, I, me personally, I, I can't get through everything I need to get through that's going to make the biggest impact in 15 to 20 minutes. Um, I would literally leave the room you know, when I was, you know, in training and the patient was still looking at me like, uh, I still have other stuff to tell you, you know, um, that's why I made the, the hard decision to, to have a cash based clinic and, and it, it's paid off in the long run, but I get to spend an hour at my initial consult with him. I could discuss diet and things like that, you know, and, and you can easily do like, like in your practice, like you're saying, I'm sure you have support staff and adjunct staff that helps with all that. But Again, if you hear you came at medicine from a different aspect, you know, for, for, from a different route. In, in other words, you already had the nutrition training that everybody, you know, we're, we're learning now is a very important or probably the most important component in medicine. And it, it's completely lacking. It's completely lacking. Um, somebody comes in with, you know, uh, high cholesterol. You know, what do we do? Statin, you know, but they, if they don't change their eating habits, if they don't change the sugar, the processed carbohydrates, any of the junk that they're eating, it's not going to make an impact. Uh, yeah, their numbers may improve a little bit, but their health doesn't improve, right? So going back, uh, you know, where do you stand as far as, because there's a lot of controversy, not controversy, you know, with ketogenic diet in and in, in women, 
in women's hormones because you'll hear people say, oh, that it does this, it lowers thyroid, it does, you know. So what do you recommend as far as diet? Is it is it patient-specific, meaning um, like diagnosis-specific? Because we know for a fact, it's, it's indisputable, PCOS, endometriosis, uterine fibroids, things like that. Ketosis and ketogenic diet does really, really well, you know, for those states. Um, but do you generally recommend it to your general patients or do you do it on a case-by-case basis or how does that work? Yeah, so everything's always individualized to the patient. So, um, you know, there are certainly reasons that patients might need therapeutic you know, ketosis. I got my board certification this last year. You know, I'm a board certified ketogenic nutrition specialist. Um, but it, it's patient specific. It's let's look, do you have insulin resistance? Mm-hmm. Like, do you need to limit carbohydrates in your diet? I do think there's patients that have good insulin sensitivity and can tolerate a lot mm-hmm. more, you know, whole food carbs and maybe more of a paleo approach is more appropriate for that patient. Agreed. Um, women, women, a hundred percent are different than men. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> And (laughs) I I try to remind women that, I mean, women are very complex biological creatures. Mm -hmm. And when we look at the approach to women in a woman who's in her reproductive years, her body is at any given moment, you know, these nutrient sensing pathways are basically saying, is this a good time to conceive? Uh Is this a good time to create another human life? And so anything that's, you know, real extreme or interpreted as a stress on the body, we're going to see hormonal dysregulation, we're going to see menstrual, you know, dysregulation. And so that's the thing that we have to balance with women. And, um, you know, there are some that it's like, it's very straightforward, you have insulin resistance, you have prediabetes, whatever it is, like you clearly need a low carb or, you know, ketogenic approach. Um, For somebody that has good insulin sensitivity, you know, it's probably not advantageous to restrict carbs to less than 25 per day. You know, we can see changes in leptin sensitivity, mm-hmm. um, changes in progesterone production. So, um, you know, I find that it sometimes is a little bit of trial and error, you know, with some patients, but um, I think that's the hard part for women is there's so much information out there yep. and they don't know where to turn. And their friend Sally down the street had so much success and she's not. And, you know, we like to play the comparison game. So I tell patients, I'm like, listen, let's do the testing. You need to be your own expert here. Mm -hmm. You know, let's, let's find what works. We might have to try a few different things, but overall, you know, overall 88% of the patients that are walking through the door of my clinic have abnormal metabolic markers. Mm -hmm. So for the vast majority of my patients, you know, reducing, refined flours and sugars and vegetable oils, I mean, <laughs> is where we need to start, yeah. you know, just on a basic well, you, level. You, but you just so, nailed yeah. it with that 88% because, you know, by some studies, 12, there's, you know, only about 12%. And it's like right on the number 12% of Americans are metabolically healthy, you know, completely metabolically yeah. healthy. Um, you know, we do the same thing. We, we kind of gauge it by person. Does everybody, you know, need to be on a ketogenic diet? No, but, uh, but number one, you know, there's non-negotiable sodas, diet sodas, um, um, bread, milk. You know, there's certain things that if you do those things, like you just said, processed refined carbohydrates, if you start with sugars, they, they feel better right away. Now, you, it, it's interesting to talk about women. You know, they are. I, I, I use the word hormonal beasts. Like they're, I, I, I tell <laughs> patients, I said, y'all are just way different. You know, we, we have to move you just a little bit this way and then a little bit this way. And, and, and. You know, the problem with keto or ketogenic or even paleo, any label you want to put on it is, again, you're right. There's so many experts 
online and it's like what info do i go by and everybody number one it's not cookie cutter everybody thinks well i'm on this less than 50 gram i don't know what's going on um, I've stopped losing weight. Oh, the, the answer is lower more carbs. And I'm like, you're already only having four carbs a day. <laughs> That's not the answer. So, you know, it, it, it takes, again, a very specific approach. Um, now, do you have you seen any, like, success with specifically the ketogenic diet with any specific issues? Like any, like I said, PCO. I, I know there's a very intimate link between insulin resistance yeah. um, and, yeah. and, 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 like, PCOS so specifically. PCOS is easy. Mm -hmm. I, I have had huge success in my practice, um, getting patients pregnant, you know, who were, who were not ovulating, um, without having to use oral ovulation induction. So PCOS, we see improvements across the board and that's been shown in the studies, you know, mm -hmm. a decrease in fasting insulins, reduction in triglycerides. I mean, it's, it's reducing their, their risk of metabolic disease long-term, um, as well as fixing a lot of their menstrual dysregularity. Um, other things that I've noticed, um, major, major improvements in anxiety mm -hmm. for a lot of patients. Um, and I have a lot of patients who come in with headaches or migraines. Um, I just had a patient today, significant reduction in headaches. She's only been doing it like four weeks. Um, th those are kind of the fun ones, you know, mm -hmm. where people are like, I didn't realize my diet had such an impact on my reflux, mm -hmm. my anxiety, my headaches, my um, psoriasis, you mm -hmm. know, some autoimmune conditions. So I, you know, we definitely, we definitely see those things when you, when you start manipulating people's diets, it's pretty amazing. Some of the improvements you can really see. Now, what, if, what have you seen? Because here's the, the big thing. And, and I know personally speaking, what it's done to my athletic performance, what have you seen the, the ketogenic diet or your approach to the ketogenic diet personally for you done for your, uh, athletic performance? Yeah. So, I mean, that's of course, one of the, the big scary things people say, well, you're not, you know, if you, do, if you don't eat carbs, you're not gonna be able to gain muscle. You're not gonna be able to lift, you know, hard in the gym. And, um, of course that was kind of the old way of thinking. And, and I do think, you know, to a point that basically carbs should be used for performance, mm -hmm. right? Baseline, you know, activities of daily living, like mm -hmm. we don't need probably more than you know, in the range of 25 to maybe a big guy like you could handle, you know, 50 or 75. But um, I think for the vast majority of people, they don't, they don't need carbs for their everyday life. But for athletic endeavors, I mean, carbs for performance, I think if you're doing something that's like super high intensity, you may have an argument for that. Um, from a body composition standpoint, I have had the um, luxury of, of doing a lot of testing on myself and mm -hmm. a lot of body composition testing. And um, basically, in 365 days when I first got back into the gym doing resistance training, I was able to put on about nine pounds of muscle and lose 27 pounds of body fat, um, wow. eating ketogenic. Yeah. Um, and I, I think like maybe a couple months in there, I was doing some targeted carbs, but vast majority of those months were ketogenic. And one of them was even like carnivore. Mm -hmm. Um, which is zero carbs. So, I mean, it was a pretty clear answer for me that, that you don't need carbs to gain mm -hmm. muscle. I think, you know, when you're in ketosis, it's pretty good at sparing your lean body mass. But mm -hmm. I think the question was, could you really put on lean body mass? Mm -hmm. And I think that answer is yes. I've talked to a lot of other people um, who, who have DEXA scans to show yeah. it as well. And My, uh, that's what we have. It's, it's, that's what we have at ours. Yeah. Is DEXA I mean, scan. people don't want to believe it, but you have the data to show uh, it. We have the so, data I mean, to show could, it. Yeah. 
could you put on more muscle with carbs? Yeah, but yeah. you'd probably also put on body fat. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the issue is like, you know, for me, it was as a woman, I wanted to be lean, but I also wanted to be strong. And to do both those things at the same time is pretty incredible. Yeah, it's very, very um, intricate. It's very, very nuanced. So, so I do believe in sometimes, you know, depending on what the athletic endeavor is, um, doing targeted carbs and, and there's even ways around, you know, I recommend, uh, you know, to some people, if they want to have like, you can super starch, you can super starch was developed specifically not to spike your blood sugar too high and not to have a dip. So sometimes we can do that, you know, before and after. Um, but again, it just depends. You know, I personally also have done DEXA scans. I have the luxury of having, thank God, a DEXA scan in the office. And I've seen, you know, I, I do regular, it was, it was actually part of my doctoral study too. We only, we tracked patients A1Cs, fasting blood sugars, and their DEXA scans, so their body fat composition, and all of them improved on the ketogenic diet versus people on usual care, which was uh, medications, you know, insulin, metformin, all these. So I want to keep this uh, conversation going. We have to take a quick break uh, for two minutes from our sponsors, and we will be right back, okay? Okay. Turn on your glam today. The Jenna Klein Collection is here, elaborated with natural products. Give yourself a compliment with our organic lip glosses in more than 15 shades. With the Jenna Klein Lip Gloss Collection, you can hydrate your lips and keep that glamorous look that you need. Turn on your glam. Visit JennaKlein.com. And don't forget our skincare collection with natural ingredients that will improve the skin's appearance and prevent visible signs of aging. We have everything you need to achieve smooth and vitalized skin. JennaKlein.com. Turn on your glam today. This was a proud sponsor of KNLY 91.1 F. Hello, my name is Dr. Sadaf Javed. I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist and I see adults also. I've been practicing in the greater Houston area for the past five years and my practice is in the west side of town. In these unprecedented times, it is so important to check in with your mental health. Please pick up the phone and call 832-304-7244 or mycognitivepsychiatry.com and we would be happy to help. Thank you. This was a proud sponsor of KNLY 91.1 FM. It started uh, as a dream. Uh, when I was a little kid, I always wanted to have my own restaurant. And it was a dream that finally we had the opportunity to build it here in the woodlands. And I'm so happy with it. It's a really authentic Italian food. Uh, I try to maintain the most original possible. It's very important. Every day I make my fresh pasta. Chi mangia bene, mangia italiano. Please come and visit us. This was a proud sponsor of KNLY 91.1 FM. And we're back. So um, wanted to keep this conversation going specifically on, you know, the ketogenic diet and especially on, you know, especially with your background, you know, because some of it is just actually just kind of, I want to, I want to pick your brain too. <laughs> so, you know, there's, and, and, and also give some great info to the listeners. So, you know, there's a, a big controversy with ketogenic diet, especially for women and, you know, the ketogenic diet in your thyroid. Okay. You know, there, there's this notion that basically it'll affect women's hormones 
um, that, that the keto diet will destroy or ruin your hormones, that it'll destroy, you know, your thyroid or lower it or, or low carb or calorie restriction, right. Um, will, will hurt the thyroid. Now there, there it's, it's nuanced. So, so what, what is your take on that as far as ketogenic diet and, and like thyroid, uh, for, for, for women specifically? Yeah. Well, so you're right. So calorie restriction, just in general, across the board, if you restrict your calories, you're going to see a reduction in your thyroid hormone. And this is a protective mechanism of yeah. the body. The, ba the body is basically saying there's, you know, not enough nutrition out there. This is a, a time of, you know, starvation. And so it will start to lower your metabolic rate to try to preserve mm -hmm. what you have right in your body. Yeah. So this is like normal physiology. So I, I think a lot of people, you know, because a lot of people come into the ketogenic diet for weight loss purposes, uh, you know, a lot of people want to say, Oh, see, look, look what happened with the thyroid. But if yeah. you reduce calories across any, any percent diet. of, you know, different macronutrients, you're going to see a mm -hmm. reduction in thyroid. Yeah. So, you know, let's talk about two diets that are eucaloric, you know, mm -hmm. does the ketogenic diet have an impact on thyroid? And there's been lots of studies. Dr. Jeff Bullock has probably yeah. done, you know, the most studies where they've followed thyroid function in these patients. And, and I think Verta Health is, is following that data as well. But um, you know, what we see and what I see clinically too with patients is we sometimes will see a reduction in the free T3 level, free T3. Um, but I never see a, you know, reflex arise in the TSH, which is, your t mm -hmm. you know, uh, thyroid stimulating mm -hmm. hormone. And that's basically, you know, telling me how hard is your pituitary gland working to stimulate the thyroid. And in somebody who's truly hypothyroid, I mean, this is a reflex system. So if, if the thyroid goes down, then it should start stimulating it more to put out more thyroid. And, and I don't see that clinically. Mm -hmm. And the patients don't have hypothyroidism symptoms. And so, you know, there's a couple of theories as to why this may happen. And um, I think probably one of the most believable ones is that just like we see an increase in insulin sensitivity, we may be seeing an increase in thyroid sensitivity. Agreed. It, um, it takes less I, to elicit an effect yeah, because they don't exactly. have symptoms. And, you know, one of the hardest parts about testing people's serum is that, you know, we're seeing what's in the blood, but we're not seeing what, what's at the level of the tissue. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not seeing what the, you know, actual tissue levels of free T3 are. And, and, um, I just have never, ever seen a patient that I've, you know, used ketogenic therapy who all of a sudden developed hypothyroidism. I've actually yeah. seen, you know, yeah. quite the, quite the opposite, opposite because insulin resistance um, and estrogen dominance in women is something that really drags on the thyroid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we see so much hypothyroidism and a lot of times it has to do with, with underlying insulin resistance and metabolic disease. Mm -hmm. And so um, I have never clinically seen a problem with hypothyroidism. I myself mm -hmm. had hypothyroidism after my first baby was born and was on levothyroxine for many years. And after I adopted a ketogenic diet, I decided to discontinue use of my medication and just to see what would happen with my thyroid. And my thyroid studies are completely normal. Mm -hmm. I have no symptoms. I feel great. Um, and my levels have all, you know, remained normal. So I, I don't, I don't agree with the argument that yeah. you need carbs for your thyroid Agreed. um is it is it individualized sure it is mm -hmm. you know there's some women that need more than others but it's uh it's it's not a safe statement to just say you need carbs for your thyroid exactly the other one that we hear a lot about is ketogenic diet and cortisol it's a notorious stress hormone right but you know that you know 
it, if you if you go on a ketogenic diet that it, it's very stressful that's one of the the complaints you know from experts quote unquote experts uh, that you know it really affects your cortisol and um, so what do you what do you see with that because I know what we see but you know I you know go what do you see with that yeah. as far as a cortisol and ketogenic diet so once again anything that you know is a deep calorie deficit I mean anything that you know it, Cortisol is, people want to say that it's notoriously bad. We mm -hmm. need cortisol. Cortisol yeah. is important. Cortisol mm -hmm. is something in the body that, you know, stimulates gluconeogenesis and, and for good purpose. Um, cortisol is for sure related to your circadian rhythm. So if you want to talk about cortisol dysregulation, we need to talk about the horrible sleep mm -hmm. and um, <laughs> stimulants and caffeine use that people are using. I mean, you want to come after the ketogenic diet, you better be picketing the Starbucks line too. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you know, it's interesting. I, you know, I've heard this argument a lot. I've actually tested my own, yeah. you know, I've done 24 hour free cortisol. I've looked at my cortisol awakening response. I mean, I've been ketogenic for like five years. Mm -hmm. I have totally normal cortisol levels. I think that it's, it's not fair to just blame one, yeah. one particular thing because it's, it's multifactorial. Um, with that being said, do I think that once people have fixed their insulin resistance, do they need to be in ketosis 365 days a year? I don't no. think that that's necessarily a, a good thing either. Yeah. I personally kind of at this point right now, I've been you know doing this so long, my A1C is 4.9. Mm -hmm. I kind of kind of transition in and out of like more of a carnivore approach to adding in, you know, some more, I do some squash and sweet potatoes, uh -huh. and then I go back to more, you know, ketosis for a while. I just kind of go in and out and mm -hmm. that's just how I feel the best and mm -hmm. how I function the best. Um, and I think it's also probably good because I think it kind of resets some of these nutrient sensing pathways. So I think people need to kind of step back and look at the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, ketogenic diet's not going to ruin your organs. It's not yeah. going to burn out your adrenals and your thyroid. Well, I mean, speaking of, yeah. The, the, people that have been doing this for 20 to 30 years. Yeah. The, uh, well, look at, uh, Dr. Ken Ford, you know, he has been doing it since he looks great and he's been doing it since, you know, he said he was, he started when he was doing it for wrestling in I think the sixties. So, you know, the ketogenic diet t completely leaves the HPA axis unaltered or, or potentially actually improved, uh, then, you know, cortisol, you know, which like you said, was producing, it's producing the adrenal gland. Um, cortisol levels are actually low, believe it or you know, in, in ketosis or, or in completely unaffected. And so that's not something I see, but it's something, again, that you see on the Internet uh, with the experts and, and, you know, things. Now, going back real quick to caloric restriction, here's my thing on that is that <laughs> people talk about caloric restriction, but they were already eating way too many calories. So what are you talking about with caloric restriction? You know, you have to be specific because they'll say, well, I'm restricting calories or, you know, are you really on a calorie restrictive diet if you were eating 5,000 calories a day and then you just now you go down to you know two th it's 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 not again it's not cookie cutter so you know now right. going to any supplement now do you do you specifically you personally or uh, for patient do you recommend any kind of specific supplements like, um, you know, I'm big w about Dr. Mary Newport's, you know, MCT 143 or, or any, there's any, or any number of couple of, um, you know, supplements that are on the market. But do you specifically use or recommend any kind of, um, you know, ketogenic support, you know, supplements? Yeah. So I think across the board, especially in the world of like 
functional and integrative medicines is that we over supplement people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's not uncommon to have a patient come in and they bring in this bag and they're on like 20 <laughs> different things in the supplement industry. I mean, half the time it's like, do we really even know what's in here? Like they're doubled up on things. So across the board, I'm not a fan of supplements like in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you should be able to eat nutrients that you need like we don't need supplements to survive like how did our ancestors ever make it right but i think where supplements come in is you know our food supply doesn't have the same nutrient content it used to nobody's perfect you get stressed you need extra magnesium i think supplements are really good for filling the gaps Gaps. um i have been using exogenous ketones off and on for Mm -hmm. the past um three to four years and i think that they definitely are a tool especially for like keto adaptation Mm -hmm. Um, and dietary compliance, um, athletic applications. I don't know. I think, you know, the studies are happening and we'll see. Um, and those are, those are kind of fun to follow. Um, MCT oil is a great supplement. You know, it's very symbiotic with this lifestyle because it can help people get higher ketone levels. You know, I've been doing this so long when I test my ketone levels, it's not uncommon that, you know, mine may register like 0.1, 0.2, 0.3. Um, and people will say, Oh, you're not in ketosis, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) And it's like, I don't think we really know what the normal circadian rhythm is of, of, of ketones because a lot of people don't really live this way. Right. It's Mm -hmm. not data that we've, that we've followed. So I think MCT is great, especially for the brain benefits, Mm -hmm. especially for anybody that's older that, you know, prevention of dementia and Alzheimer's and yeah, Mary Newport's work is, is just quite incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, the other supplements that I in Nebraska, because of geographically where we live, I do a lot of vitamin D supplementation, Mm -hmm. Uh, because low vitamin D certainly contributes to insulin resistance and and poor immune system function. Um, and then magnesium is a big one that a lot yeah. of patients seem to um, well, just not get enough of being in, their, OB-GYN, in their diet. You know, you know, this is what I told a, you know, a friend of mine earlier in surgery. And, and I said, what you know, as an OB-GYN, you know, a patient comes in, she's got, you know, high blood pressure. You know, what, what do we generally give? You know, you give them mag citrate, you know, when their their blood pressure is out of control and, this, you know, and, and the overwhelming majority of the population has magnesium deficiencies. But the first thing is like we go to, you know, an amlodipine or we go to a lysenopril, we go to a medication without even checking, mm-hmm. you know, filling in the basic gaps. Right. So like, you know, your magnesium vitamin D, I'm, I've been harping on that for years and years and years and and primarily because it's a, a hormone it's a steroid versus just a vitamin and i always stress that with patients because you they hear vitamin vitamin d and they kind of blow it on oh, no, he said it's a vitamin i said no 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 it's 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 a steroid it's a very potent steroid hormone so um yeah and, and again immune modulator i mean you could go on and on but those are specific and if you look at the population they're very very deficient in so that's one you know obviously and and again i agree filling in the gaps with multivitamin multi-mineral because the food just doesn't have what it used to so even if you're eat, are eating clean um and again nobody's perfect it, it's hard to, to to hit all the necessities i personally just like you have been have i'm a big proponent of exogenous ketones um i have used them you know athletically uh, for for many many years, um, I can personally attest to the uh, the the strength and the muscle maintenance with it. Um, a few years ago, and it, it, this also kind of ties in. Very 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 passionate about type two diabetes. Um, my dad passed away from it a few years ago, just unexpectedly. Um, I had spoken to him that morning, and then in the afternoon, 
basically they just said, Hey, you know, we took your dad to the ER. He didn't make it. And, and I just kept saying over and over like my dad and said, you know, because I said, I talked to him this morning and it was just a massive heart attack. He, he didn't take his type two diabetes seriously. I always feel like, uh, if I had just preached to him more, if I just knew a little bit more, if I had, you know, put him on a ketogenic diet and, you know, things like that. Um, but like, you know, with him, um, he kind of always blew it off and it's kind of patients like patients coming in also that, you know, they'll say, Hey, you know, has anybody told you you're pre-diabetic? Oh yeah. Yeah. They told me like two years ago and they kind of, I'm like, no, no, no. So I tell people that telling them they're, they're, they're pre-diabetic is like telling them you're just a little bit pregnant. You know, you either are, or you're not. And, and I want them to not wait till it gets full blown. And then, you know, so we start addressing it right away. Um, as far as the ketogenic diet, you know, uh, I was using ketones and when that happened and he passed away, it was the longest I had stepped away from the gym for, you know, it was about to, to handle his affairs for about a month, month and a half, you know, just like I do that you step away from the gym for just a couple of weeks, you know, strength starts to decrease. Um, the first day I got back in the gym after not having lifted at all. And, and, and again, partly it was the rest and other things. You know, I hit a, uh, you know, a PR or, you know, a personal record on a front squat, like lifted more than I had lifted ever before. And I hadn't changed anything. I hadn't been training. The only thing I'd been doing is maintaining my, you know, ketogenic diet, taking exogenous ketones twice a day, you know, you know, MCT oils here and there. Um, but again, it, it, that personally, I, I was, I was already sold on them. Uh, I was really, really, really blown away. And, and, and as that's gone on, I've kind of played with things here and there, but exogenous ketones are part of my everyday, um, you know, supplementation personally. I just, I just, again, like a multivitamin fill in the gaps. Um, but I do, I'm like you, I'm cyclical, you know, my cheat days are more, I'm sure like yours. Uh, it's a day at true food with like an ancient grains bowl with like, you know, grass fed beef and, and, um, you know, uh, uh, sweet potatoes or something. Um, but still whole food. So I agree with you that um, the goal isn't to be ketogenic every day from now on forever and ever the rest of your life. Um, it's to get back to metabolic flexibility to where that way if you do, you know, get your blood sugar under control. You know, you want to live a long time, you do two things. You prevent blood sugar spikes and you maintain a steady blood sugar. Well, I mean, personally, I, I, I believe that everybody should be on some spectrum of the ketogenic diet, uh, whether that's closer to paleo ish. Um, but again, getting rid of the crap now, agree, disagree, you know, you've kind of mentioned it. Uh, where's your, where's your stance on that as far as like for, for the general public? Yeah. I mean, basically the, we're speaking to the 88% of America that mm -hmm. doesn't have normal metabolic markers. I mean, immediately get rid of sugar, flour, industrial seed oils and you're probably going to see your health improve mm -hmm. um now if you you know want to want to be a little more targeted with your metabolic health then you know let's look at you know what genetic susceptibilities you said your dad was a diabetic my yeah. dad was a diabetic mm -hmm. too i mean i just i have all the genes i mean i just mm -hmm. there will never be a time in my life where i get to eat 200 300 carbs a day yeah. like it just, i will never be back there yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's just the the facts mm -hmm. um but but just eating a whole food diet, I mean, across the board. Now, the other thing is protein. And this is one thing I want to hit for anybody that's listening and talking about a ketogenic diet. The standard ketogenic diet was developed for children with epilepsy mm -hmm. who need therapeutic ketosis or they will have seizures. Yeah. 
So the protein threshold on, on a diet like that is typically, you know, 20%. Most of my patients, especially women, especially older women, benefit from a higher percent of calories from protein. Mm -hmm. And we are eating less protein now than we were 30 years ago. We're eating less beef than we were 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And this is one thing that has just been so vilified, you know, yeah. in in the uh, you know social media world is that like red meat causes cancer, yeah. you know, and totally terrible, terrible, terrible studies, observational epidemiological yeah. studies that are based on recall. Um, I like to follow the work of Dr. Gabrielle Lyon a lot, you know, the, you know, doing muscle centric yeah. medicine. She's really good. Um, you know, Rob and I did that show a couple of weeks ago on protein um, and prioritizing protein. Um, and, yes. and you're right, you know, the classical ketogenic diet for epilepsy was a 98 and two, you know, that's for a very specific population. Um, and again, that's not for the standard popular, you know, standard metabolically unhealth, right. uh, unhealthy population. Um, so as we age, most, I, yeah. most people need more protein and Absolutely. less fat than Absolutely. what, you know, than what standard ketogenic diet yep. calls for. Absolutely. We, we, t we say prioritize protein and then af especially after 60, 65, you know, even uh, yeah, push the, 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 you know, threshold a little bit more. Well, so I'm going to, we're going to go to one last commercial for a couple of minutes and then we will finish up in about two minutes. Dr. Sadaf Javed. I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist and I see adults also. I've been practicing in the greater Houston area for the past five years and my practice is in the west side of town. In these unprecedented times, it is so important to check in with your mental health. Please pick up the phone and call 832-304-7244 or mycognitivepsychiatry.com and we would be happy to help. Thank you. This was a proud sponsor of KNLY. Turn on your glam today. The Jenna Klein Collection is here. Elaborated with natural products. Give yourself a compliment with our organic lip glosses in more than 15 shades. With the Jenna Klein Lip Gloss Collection, you can hydrate your lips and keep that glamorous look that you need. Turn on your glam. Visit JennaKlein.com. And don't forget our skincare collection with natural ingredients that will improve the skin's appearance and prevent visible signs of aging. We have everything you need to achieve smooth and vitalized skin. JennaKlein.com. Turn on your glam today. This was a proud sponsor of KNLY 91.1 F. He started uh, as a dream. Uh, when I was a little kid, I always wanted to have my own restaurant. And it was a dream that finally we had the opportunity to build it here in the woodlands. And I'm so happy with it. It's a really authentic Italian food. Uh, I try to maintain the most original possible. It's very important. Every day I make my fresh pasta. Chi mangia bene, mangia italiano. Please come and visit us. This was a proud sponsor of KNLY 91.1 FM. All right, and we're back with Superhuman. Um, we're just going to finish up, Dr. Jamie, and um, just basically want to see, you know, kind of what's next for you. You know, what, what do you have lined up? What are your, your, your athletic endeavors? What are your professional, you know, endeavors? What, what do you have planned up? Yeah, everybody wants to know what I'm going to do after uh -huh. Titan Games. Uh -huh. but 
I don't know. There's some Spartan gang, you know, the Spartans, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of things to do. So, um, now as far as your practice, are you going to shift or are, are you going to, you know, plan on shifting more towards, you know, having two sides, like a functional medicine, um, or, or is it just going to be all integrated into your practice with your, your patients? Yeah. So currently it's all integrated, you know, as an obstetrician, I, I work in an amazing practice where Mm -hmm. we have 10 doctors and that really allows for my call schedule to be, um, somewhat sustainable. Um, and it allows me to have kind of this, you know, business outside my practice doing, doing more consulting and speaking. So I, I love my group. I have no plans to, um, to leave here if I continue to do obstetrics because delivering babies is, is mm. quite demanding, but I have a nurse practitioner that works with me and, um, that's super helpful in my ability to see, you know, more patients. Um, I'm working on setting up telemedicine. There's a lot of logistics and legal stuff that we're, you know, hoops we're having to jump through, um, practicing medicine across state lines, but I'm yeah. trying to, trying to set that up because I currently have patients that actually fly in from all over the country, which I just think is crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I mean, I'm just super humbled that they want to come see me and travel that far, but, um, professionally. So I, Dr. Fit and Fabulous is my brand and I, I speak internationally. I have, um, of course with COVID some, a lot of mm-hmm. engagements that are kind of on pause right now. Um, I am working on some books. I just started a new YouTube channel, which is we're trying to pump out a lot of content there. Um, and I, uh, well, you kind of segued into to... my next question. So where can everybody find you as far as yeah, Facebook, internet, I, things like that? Absolutely. I'm super active on social media, mostly on Instagram. So Dr. Fit and Fabulous on Instagram and Facebook. I do have um, some challenge groups that run like every eight weeks and um, it's super cheap and super affordable and we do weekly Zoom. So people can watch out for the next uh, sign up that's coming up in August. But I have a YouTube channel, Dr. Fit and Fabulous. I've got a website, drfitandfabulous.com. There you can, you know, listen to any podcasts and things I've been on. And um, I, I love hearing people's stories. It's just absolutely incredible to watch patients really kind of take charge of their own health. And um, I don't think that uh, ketogenic therapy is going anywhere. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I had the uh, um, um, honor to, to be on this last uh, keto summit with you, 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 you know, we had a, I guess day day one day one we were on the same day and it's it was a virtual keto summit that uh, Dr. Lisa Olszewski put together so that can be um, you know that can be accessed as well but it was a lot of great speakers JJ Virgin you uh, myself um, you know the, Dr. Heather Carden I mean there was a lot of really really great info from athletics to to I mean very very specific issues. Um, but I have to ask this because, you know, uh, I, I ask every page, you know, how have you been dealing with the whole, co- you know, COVID era? What did it, you know, do for your practice? How have you, you know, had to change things? You know, how are y'all doing up there? Yeah, we're doing pretty good in Nebraska. So I just looked at our data yesterday in Nebraska, we have a 6% hospitalization rate and our death rate is still at about a half percent. So we've, really across the country, we've done quite well. Um, I'm very optimistic that as we, you know, continue into the summer and into the fall, that, that things are going to go well. They've already announced our schools are going to reopen. Um, our hospital capacity has been fine. I mean, I just, I feel for the people in Arizona and California and Florida, Mm -hmm. I mean, the numbers are still rising, but I think that what we really need to look at is the rate of severe illness and death, because as we test more people, 
yeah. we're going to get more positive. Absolutely. So I think, yeah, and, and, and that's, you know, what I, I constantly tell patients on a daily basis is if you watch the news, if you watch anything, they're only highlighting the negative. They're only highlighting the number of cases rising, the number of, you know, positive cases, the number, you know, um, no emphasis is made on, hey, by the way, it has a 99.9% recovery rate. Hey, it ha you know, so um, I, I think more, just to allay fears, I think more needs to be done uh, to, to talk about the positives with it. Um, yes, for some, it's a very devastating you know, disease. You know, I have a very good friend, Dr. Richard Harris, who, you know, is working frontline, you know, down in Houston at one of the hospitals. He says it, it's he says, I, I've never seen something do what it's doing to some of these patients. But again, I think when it's all said and done, I think we're going to see there was a, a genetic predisposition for it to affect some some more than others. Um, you know, our immune, you know, our immunity being compromised certain ways. Um, again, I think we were, and I've said this before, I think we were primed, unfortunately, for something like COVID to do us damage in the United States because of your, you know, we're very metabolically unfit, you know, because yeah. our, our, our immune system is down because we have a 70% overweight and obesity rate and 60% of people have a comorbidity, you know, so yeah. glad y'all are doing I mean well up there. You, Go ahead. you can't hide from viruses. I mean, no. you can't hide from viruses. It's not, if it's not COVID, there's, there's something else that's going to come H1N1 around. H1N1 so is, is, uh, is, is apparently on the rise. Um, you know, so control the controllables, yep. you know, control what you can control and that's taking care of your health from yep. the inside out. Yep. Absolutely. Well, we're about to sign off, uh, man, this has been awesome. I'm, I will send you the link and, and we will repost. And again, if y'all want to, um, you know, get in touch with Dr. Jamie Seaman, you, uh, you know, we have her info. We'll, we will repost that. Um, and if y'all want to come see me here locally, uh, we're at core sports health, uh, in Conroe. Um, and you know, we do everything there from functional medicine to, uh, ketogenic diet to dietary nutrition to just overall health and wellness. Um, and super happy that you're, you're, you know, you're following that because it, it does, it takes a personal, view or a personal approach of saying, Hey, you know, our current system is not working. We need a change. Um, and, and it, that, that's what, that's what it takes. And that's the only thing that's going to take our, our, our trajectory, which is pretty, pretty bad, uh, regarding chronic disease in the United States. Well, worldwide, but you know, in the United States. So it's been awesome talking to you. Do you have any parting words or anything before we sign off? No, I, appreciate this opportunity and uh my my motto for people is pay yourself first so I, you know i'm a busy mom i'm a doctor but if i can't take care of myself i can't take care of other people awesome great words well it was awesome having you we'll talk again and for sure i'm so glad we were able to get you on it worked out uh we will have you back on the show to talk about other other topics but take care and uh we will see you soon see you all next week all right